Hi, money makers. Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, <laughs> share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. So, SVB. That mm. depending on the side of the market you're on, that could either be a win for you or <laughs> that could be a big loss for you. I think for me, when I keep reading this situation, it is still very shocking to me. Two things. One, why the why you would invest short-term cash in this long-term investment. Because it doesn't just, it, it's not just adding up to me. And two, wasn't there any means to caught your losses? Did they not have stop losses? But Joshua, what has this situation shown you and how do you feel about the entire situation? Yes, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. It's also something that's unprecedented because yeah. it kind of happened out of nowhere. I remember that day, I saw Silvergate, which is a different company, right? They're more investing into crypto and crypto startups. They came out with the news that we're going bankrupt. And I feel like, okay, you know, kind of expected this because crypto is not doing well. But about two days later, when we hear the 16th largest bank in America is going under, there's just so many questions, especially in a country like America. So I think before we can even talk further, let's explain what happened. (laughs) in as simple terms as possible, you know, and I'll try to do that. So banks, whenever they receive cash from depositors, Mm -hmm. what they do is that they try to invest that money to make profit for themselves. Mm -hmm. All banks do this, all commercial banks do this. Whenever people put money in their bank, they take that money and invest it in different sources. Yeah, Many of them do that in bonds, right? So SVB during COVID, they dropped the race to zero. And because money was so cheap, many tech startups came to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And we know SVB, they've been the banker for many venture capitalists for years. So when this happened, obviously there was a lot of deposits that flooded in for SVB. And SVB were like, man, look at all this cash. You know, what can we use this for? And they put their money in bonds and mortgage-backed securities. So mortgage-backed securities are just bonds that are linked to mortgage. So they're very, very levered to the housing market. And all was good. However, I think they need to evaluate all the possible outcomes that could happen. Many people underrated inflation. So the bonds that were invested in were low-yielding bonds. When I was reading about it, it was about 1.79%. That's how much interest they were getting for the bonds, which is not bad. It is nothing terrible. Yeah. However. When the Federal Reserve says raise rates, rates went as high in the 10-year treasury as high as 4%. And when people take a look at this, it's like, hmm, you know, 1.7% or 4%, which one do I take? And that's a no-brainer. Yeah. 99% of people are going for 4%. And because of that, the bonds that they held started to lose a lot of value. Sure. So when we look at what happened, for me, it's we have to look at two sides. The first side is the Federal Reserve attacking inflation, mm-hmm. raising rates. The second side is also the tech market going down. 
the yeah. tech, the startup, the venture capital market going down. Last year, we started to hear about Meta and Amazon doing massive layoffs. Mm -hmm. And many startup founders are like, hmm, you know, if the big dogs are going through this, I better start to withdraw some of my deposit, you know, because yeah. many tech companies, they're barely making any profits. But now some of them are not even making any profit at all. So a bank that was receiving this overwhelming deposit, now they're actually getting hit with requests that, okay, we kind of want our money back. We want our money back. And it got to a point where it was like, we don't have enough cash to service all these requests. So we have to, quote unquote, sell some of their assets. And remember, their assets were at a significant loss exactly. because those bonds had gone down since they were better yielding bonds, government bonds, which are the safest bonds you can buy, right? And that reduced the value significantly of the bonds they held. And when this happened, there was a gap. You know, they didn't have enough money to service all the needs of the people who needed it. And what gets around Silicon Valley fast? Silicon Valley on Wall Street, like, it's ear to ear. And once one big dog withdraws your money, those requests just start hitting and hitting yeah. until they're like, okay, you know what? We don't even have money. And the government has to stop. Definitely. I think you have done a great job at summarizing everything that happened. I think what we can see here is just what fear can do. That's one of the reasons why people, when people use this term too big to fail, it's true. And at the same time, there is a possibility after seeing everything going on in the market, you might not, the financial health of a lot of companies are hanging on by a thread of one bad news or one bad day. Yes. SVB was doing great until interest rates started falling. I, I wish like in 2021, they had like, you know, cut their losses and said, you know, we can't do this anymore because Powell had been saying he was going to increase interest rates whenever it is inflation became out of hand. So I wonder maybe they just didn't believe or didn't expect that he would increase rates this quickly this soon so that's what i am thinking in my mind is why there was a little bit of negligence going on there or just like they just didn't think it through for me i think how does this affect the average person and our listeners and i'm always thinking about in our last episode we spoke about high yield savings account and one of <laughs> the important things we said was being insured at 250 the vast majority of people do not have greater than $250,000 in cash in their, in their banks. So, so stop you. So quick question. Are you telling me, what do you mean insure for 250,000? Are you telling me that let's say I had 250,000 in a bank account and that bank went under, the government is going to give me back my money up to 250,000? Up to 250,000. That's based on the insurance. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. But if it's over, chances are, you may not get back all of your deposits. Wow. Yeah. And that's the issue. And that's the issue 90, because apparently when they were checking SVP, they found that only 2.7% of their customers would actually be covered by this insurance <laughs> because the vast majority of them, i.e. Roku, had yeah. greater than 215 in the account. Well, Again, because these are businesses, right? Not yeah, individuals. These are, these are businesses. Are not businesses keeping... have over 250K. Exactly. You're not keeping chump change in there. And I was I was surprised because I would think, or you would think that businesses would have 
a different tier of insurance because they're not keeping 250. They have millions and billions of dollars in cash. So how are they going to be protected? That's one of the reasons why this affected SVB so much because some of these big dogs heard it or heard a whisper and they ran and started pulling money out and they're not pulling 250. They're pulling 100 million, 300 million, 400 million out. And that's why they fell so fast, so quickly. So what I think if any other person is like concerned is maybe not on a personal level, but you might want to check and see, hey, is my company exposed to this? And if they are, they might be an issue with some of them making up wages and paying for people's payroll, which is a big concern up in Silicon Valley. So that's the only angle. And I'll definitely, again, this is not financial advice. Everyone needs to talk to their financial advisor and see how they can navigate through this process of transferring money from one account to another or uh, navigating uh, whatever like job security they have based off of if their companies are being exposed to this. But this is helping, for example, big banks like JP Morgan and Bank of America because more and more people are depositing their money in JP Morgan and Bank of America. So it's unfortunate. I think the entire situation is just unfortunate because the little guys are going to suffer and taxpayers are going to, once again, bail people out who did not make sound decisions given the information that they had. But what do you think? Yes. So I remember reading it earlier this week when the U.S. government, the Treasury, they said they're actually going to redeem every depositor. So whether you have over 250K or not, if you had 100 million, you're going to get that back. If you have 500 million, you're going to get that back. You know, And that makes me happy because yeah. I'm pretty sure, I remember Roku had almost half a billion in yeah. cash with SVB, you know, many other tech startups had so many, they would have had issues with yeah. meeting people if the government hadn't done that. Yeah. However, the bondholders, I don't think they get anything. No. They I mean, the unsecured bondholders, I don't know if they get anything. The shareholders definitely are not getting anything. You know, and again, that is the question. Mm-hmm. And it's not the depositor's fault, but do you think companies like Roku that had money there, should they take some responsibility? No, not at all. Because technically, as depositors, we're loading you the money. This is not an asset for you. This is a liability for the banks. So yes. you're responsible to the de- the depositors. But should I they do not think that outside the box by researching the banks they choose to put their money in? Yes, definitely. And you have said, hundreds I, of millions and the payroll of your employees depend on it. You know, again, do you think these companies and, have a responsibility that, okay, this bank I'm putting my money in, yes, I'm getting a higher interest, but the risk is also higher, you know? Definitely. But I do think that SVB is not like a hole-in-the-wall bank that just started yeah. a few months it ago. It is the largest, largest in America. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's not like FTX that just started a few years ago. This was a major bank. This was a capital bank. It wasn't something small. So I believe that they did in terms of like 
the question of like, hey, did they not do enough research to where they're putting their money in? I believe that they did. And they saw that this was a bank that has stood here for a while. So they were reputable. That was the tech startup bank, right? So I do not think that the burden of responsibility is on the depositors. I I, I would not think that mainly because it, it wasn't like they invested in like some sketchy quarter bank that just opened like three months ago and said they wanted to start helping venture capitals. They, they've been here for a while. I think it falls, it still falls on the leadership team of that bank, the decisions that they made that led to this, because you can't tell me that no one thought that if this bet did not pay off, because again, Powell had been talking about increasing interest rates for a while. It had been discussed that inflation is no longer transitory. So it's been news that interest rates, and this is finance 101, whenever interests are higher, bond prices are in the ground. They're not good. This is just finance 101. So wasn't there any back end or any you know, communication that, hey, interest rates are going higher? What what is our alternative plan if this should happen? What is our safe bet? What are we hedged against? So I have a question. When you know the government is going to bail you out, even though you messed up, what's the point? That and I think that I, I think yeah, that, that that lies the problem. I think because the problem again. That's why I was like, the problem is not with the depositors. The problem mm-hmm. is this cycle of leadership, especially in banks. This word too big to fail making quote unquote, I'll be careful with the words, but like seemingly reckless decisions. And then when ish hits the fan, they run over and they have to, government has to bail them out. And it's almost like you're, the government is cut in a corner because you let all of these people suffer, you know, financial ruins, unemployment, and the economy basically crashing. Or do you bail out the bank again? This is not the first time it's happened. Yes. And t- to me, this is, you know, the most painful part because yeah. finance is not a hard science. Yeah. Finance is based off of the behavior of people, which is hard to predict. But when you notice things, it's a cycle. They have yeah. patterns to repeat themselves. You know, the CEO of SVB was is actually on the chair of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. Which is interesting to me because it's a cycle. You know, many of these people in leadership roles and companies, their compensation is tied to performance. Yeah. So let's say maybe they'll get maybe five, 10 million in bonuses if the stock or if the company hits a certain profit margin. So what do they do? What are some risky things we can do to make sure that? But guess what? There is no personal risk to that CEO because what happened? The company failed. They're not going to touch his property. No. They're not going to touch his money. Yeah. Shareholders. Some sold their stocks. Some sold their stocks two weeks before it happened. It's actually another thing. Many of them yeah. sold. So that's the question. Did they see this coming? Mm-hmm. So this is why I say the depositors, especially, for example, if it was regular people, right? Just yeah. individuals, they understand what you're saying. But if you're a company like Roku, you're a tech startup, you're a fintech startup, like you have a role to play. Right, you you have to vet the leadership team. You have Definitely. to. Vet. I mean, it doesn't help that one of the leadership <laughs> team was formerly Lehman Brothers. And but... the thing is, people are going to forget. 
Maybe yeah. for a year, two years from now, people go like, okay, any bank that has to do with crypto, venture capital, we're going to be careful. But I bet you five years from now, if the economy is good, the market is good, everyone's going to run forget. back. I, I, I see. And from now, we can be having another conversation like yeah. this. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I definitely believe that we're going to have another conversation like this. History would almost always repeat itself. It, it would be something similar. I think the reason why I'm also really careful, even with, with big, large companies, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, we've seen where people put their money. Again, we were literally just talking about like high yield savings account. A lot of companies yeah. don't just want to put their cash in there to just collect dust. You want it to somewhat work for you. And again, it's risky for companies to invest in, again, short-term, using short-term cash for long-term. Because imagine if it was Roku that invested in these bonds. They they'll probably have to wait like four years before they can recoup their gains again. And who knows what's going to happen in four years, right? So so I think they 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 did the best with the information they have is be because if we're being honest, not a lot of people saw really this. That information was not quality. It's mm -hmm. all on the internet. Like you can go to the SEC website and you can see the financial statement. You can read about the history of the leadership team. I remember big companies like this, they have more pull, they have more connections. Sure. You know, so I read an article that I can't remember his name, but one of the founders of PayPal, he was one of the people. Yeah, Peter Thiel. Yeah. He was one of People, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but he was one of the people to first pull his money out. Yeah. Quality information. He saw that, oh, you know, something was, something is about to happen. What that information probably was when they sold those bonds, right? And it took that huge loss. That was most likely the moment I was like, you know what? We're pulling our money out. Exactly. And, and I like, think what, yeah. But he but he mm -hmm. Yeah, but he still put his money yes. in there. And remember, yeah. when that happened, the CEO did come to tell them, oh, be rest assured, you know, everything's going to be fine. We're, we're good. We're, do, we're doing every, your money is secured with us, is safe with us. They did come out to say that. So there was no need to like, again, because fear- That wasn't true. Remember, we just talked about it. The FDIC yeah. initially only insured for $250,000. Yeah. This was, this was a special case because yeah. they knew that if we only do $250,000, everyone is going to fail. Yeah, because so 90, 90 was not in his power. The United States government was the person who saved those companies. Yeah. Not SIVB, not the CEO. As long as this, yeah. as far as the CEO was concerned, those who had over 250K were screwed. No, I mean, before now, before now, because before what was going on, because when that guy pulled out his money, I think people were like questioning, like, hey, why was this being, why was this pulled out? And obviously, and like, right reason. rightfully what? so. Yeah, he like, all CEOs will come out to like temper fear and be like, "Hey, you know, we we are still liquid. We're still able to meet our demand. We're still able to meet, you know, our withdrawal limit at the time." But when fear comes in, no Sorry. one is thinking rationally. Then even more people started pulling out, and yeah. that's where the issue became. That's where the issue came in because we're not able to fulfill it because. Think about even Bank of America or J.P. Morgan. If yep. everyone who has money, J.P. <laughs> Morgan, their biggest holders, said today, I'm going to remove my money in this instant, they will be messed up just as well. Exactly. But the that, chance that's the issue. It's not because 
It's probably but something with fundamentally Dave Morgan taking that huge of a loss and bonds sure. his lens because yeah, they have. Been I agree. There, there. So you're saying that it's not just the fact that they withdrew the money; it's the fact that even if they come for J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan, they're invested in more quality assets that yes. it will still be in fair value. Okay, what I is that? SVB gave the depositors a reason to run. Yes. Bank of America hasn't. J.P. Morgan hasn't, yep. at least for now. Yeah, you know, because they put their money in those bonds at such a low rate without proper risk management. Yeah, that was what. Because, for example, why didn't Peter Thiel take out his money last year on yeah. 2021 when the bank was booming and making great profit? They were doing well. Things were going well. But, you know, when ish hits the fan, when there's something Warren Buffett says that when the tide goes up, that's when you know who's been <laughs> swimming naked. Clearly, <laughs> SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, were swimming naked. So the decision they made, the laws they took, that was what made people run for the hills. Yeah. If J.P. Morgan does not take that kind of, you know, substantial loss, if Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citigroup, yeah. they don't take those kinds of losses, then they'll be fine. Look at Credit Suisse. Today, yeah. I just thought like UBS is about to buy them for $2 billion. This is a company that has over $50 billion in revenue. But because mm-hmm. they, fi- they have found themselves caught up in this entire contagion thing, they have to sell for a significant discount. And that's the thing about financial crisis. It spreads so quickly. I have a feeling, even with Credit Suisse, this is not going to be the last bank that's going to affect. Yeah, Over the next not. three months, just, just keep your, your I feel eye. a lot of small banks are going to be affected by this because the trust in small banks are going away. And obviously, the, the risk is definitely outweighing the reward now because like, okay, yeah, you're giving me you know 3% extra. But chances I could lose 100% of my money. So I'm gambling for this 3% reward against 100% of my money. But I, I, told, I, I see where you're coming from. But it's hard for me to... I do feel like, obviously, Roku should have or senior leadership should have pulled all of their money. But, like, again, it was within a matter of days. I'm sure they tried to call as quickly as they realized that it was a problem and they were already trapped. They were already trapped in it. You know, um, I do understand like when you're saying that, you know, they report things to the, you know, FDIC and they get, but again, is it like, that's what it's like. There's difference between giving information and quality information, because again, these banks are held to such a lousy standard that the information they give, they could seem somewhat okay at the time except you dig even more and maybe you're saying what you're saying now is that maybe more companies should dig even more than what what meets the eyes but even the guy that took out his money first didn't do it up until like a couple of weeks ago before all of these crashed so he too was probably seeing thinking that they were still healthy you know i think more of the burden, stricter policies should be in place for these banks because it doesn't make sense why they are gambling, honestly, with 90% of people's monies and then and making all of the interest for themselves because they barely give the depositors any money, right? And then turn around and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I used all your money for something and I can't do anything about it you should have just had better information to know if I was more capable of handling your money. You know, exactly. it, it's just, 
it's it's just not i would still take you i would still say depositors should be looked at as lenders and people who you owe money through these are not your friends these are not it's not free money you're obligated to give them everything entirely and like policy should be put in place to ensure that banks are held to a stricter standard right i can't imagine like public companies doing all of this even with shareholders they would sue them they would do a whole lot of stuff to them when you're public you do all build them out they will let them fail literally yeah they will let them fail they will let these companies fail so that's the thing it's like it's so unfortunate that we can't say oh the government should let the banks fail because again this these are people's lives exactly but somehow someone needs to be the scapegoat at some point or there has to be stricter policies in place it just has to be stricter and it's funny uh, allegedly this was said that you know someone on their leadership team was lobbying uh for policies that would you know help reduce the level of requirements for banks now it's not in detail what exactly those requirements were but like i personally think that maybe they should be held to a higher standard Uh, especially when you're dealing with you know monies for businesses exactly like 200 at some point you know you should have you know like a higher percentage left in that bank something some way shape or form to make them think critically about their decision but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode this was a really good one the i enjoyed the back and forth and a difference in ideas it was i enjoyed researching this topic and talking about it i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and wonderful rest of your week have a good one